armchair. There's something, I'll say there's something kind of yeah about a kid that's never played baseball. <laughs> we have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and flat out deceived. Why did you get so drunk? You got drunk. <laughs> I'm just really exhausted. What's in that cup? I'm a coax. Do you have any idea how important you this is? Have trying to save the pump Really, this is you what you're doing? This is what you're doing? Chief, what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Armchair. YouTube Live. Radio Station. The radio station you can call your own. listening to braves country with mac mcgee and the armchair quarterbacks we're here live weekdays 3 p.m eastern to 5 p.m eastern wqee 99.1 fm the key and simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at braves country your first choice for southern sports good afternoon i'm mac mcgee and i don't know much but i know one thing evidently aaron Rodgers cheats at golf and Kyrie was misunderstood. Wow! Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. He's the All-American man. Yeah, the armchair. Hey! Howdy, hi, and how the hell are you? Welcome. To Braves Country or Braves Country HD, wherever you stream, 99.1 FM, the key. We've got a big show in front of us. We're getting down to the nitty gritties. We're getting close. What are we, what, now five days, a little less than five days from the big game? And we've got Red Raider Doug on the way. We're going to talk some NFL. We're going to talk some prop bets. We're going to get into some Major League Baseball. And Justin is on the way and Justin and I are going to get into our favorite prop bets. And we do this every year. It's a lot of fun. So we look forward to that before all that gets going. Have you seen this with, okay, first of all, I, I want to get out of the way because I did not know this because I don't follow golf enough to understand what happened because I didn't watch it. I don't watch the pro-ams. I will watch the majors and that's about it. As far as my fandom with watching golf, I do enjoy the majors, but I don't get into the weeds of all the tournaments and the pro-ams. I'll flip over from time to time just to see if there's any you know fun interviews or whatnot, but that's about it. When I saw that Aaron Rodgers won the pro-am at Pebble Beach, and of course he was obviously... Uh, partnered up with the professional golfer. But the point is as on the pro-am now his name's going to be on the wall there. Well, I did not know. I did not know that they were taking into consideration people's handicaps and these amateur events. And according to a lot of folks, he fudged what his actual handicap is. Now, we all know golf's supposed to be a gentleman's game. You're supposed to tell people straight up what your handicap is. 
he put down that he was a handicap of 10 when I guess in actuality, he's about a, he's about a three or four handicap, which makes a big difference in the scoring. The long story short, a lot of folks are saying, including I saw Russo today, a lot of folks are saying that he's getting credit for winning a pro-am that he basically fudged the numbers and cheated on. So that's all. So that's something because then you hear him talk about how he's going to go get Zen. And he's going to go into a dark retreat and cut out all the light and you know get back to his spiritual side. Well, how, well, how does the, the cheating at golf work in with your spiritual side? That's what I would like to know. How does that work in with getting Zen and getting back to basics? The point of that whole, of the whole him going to the retreat when he was talking about it is that when he comes out of that, he says he's going to come back with a fresh look on life and tell everybody when or where he's going to play in the National Football League. Now, I've been contending all along that I thought the best fit was the Jets, but it looks like he's going to end up a Raider. Because the best fit when you look at not only just cap room, but top to bottom young receivers that they have, the Jets are where he sh- or is where he should go. But I think he's going to choose to go to the Raiders for a few reasons, mainly to reunite with Devontae Adams. So he doesn't have to create a new rapport, though the Jets' young wide receiver uh, core is about as good as it gets, right? You got got a Garrett Wilson, who if folks didn't watch him play this year, I really believe that he is one of the better young wide receivers in all the game. You just couldn't get that and didn't see as much of it because he had terrible quarterback play. The few games that Mike White was actually be able to stay healthy, it was on display. Outside of that, he was struggling to 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 get receptions. He was open. Zach Wilson just wasn't finding him. So in a perfect world, I would love to see him go to New York because I think it would be fun to watch him. I mean, how fun! Now, look, don't get me wrong; it's going to be fun if he goes to L uh, to uh, Las Vegas because you're going to get two matchups, two showdowns every year between him and Patrick Mahomes, between him and Justin Herbert, and then whatever Sean Payton can get out of Russell Wilson, right? If he goes to the Jets, you're talking about two two showdowns every single year against the Dolphins, assuming it's Tua, but but they might have some work to do with that, with all the concussions that he's had. But regardless, you've, you've got the receivers there. And then, of course, Josh Allen and the Bills. Plus, it would be more fun to cover because if he's in New York City, the limelight's going to be on him, which is probably why he's not going to choose that. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is someone who's going to do well with the New York media. So I fully expect him to decide to go to Vegas. And then, of course, with that, Vegas has decided to allow Derek Carr to try to, to work out some kind of a deal. And he is talking with the Saints today. He's in Louisiana today to talk with the Saints. Now, they have till February 15th, so we're talking about a week from today 
because after that, there's a clause that kicks into his contract that essentially it's about it's worth about forty million dollars over the next two years, and as opposed to that, the Raiders would most likely just cut him, and it would cost him five point six. And then if he becomes an unrestricted free agent, then you'll see the wheeling and dealing going for all the teams. So he's at the Saints right now because the Saints, what they're trying to do is get a deal together that Carr would would be okay with. And then the Raiders would be able to get draft picks. Now, there are certain situations in sports where you say they're not going to allow their franchise quarterback, their franchise player, whatever the case may be, they're not going to allow him to go into the same conference. I don't think that's the case with the Raiders. We'll get more on this here in a few minutes when when Doug joins us because Doug is a Raider fan. But outside of, of what you, so in other words, Rodgers going to the Raiders, Rodgers going to the Jets, that's been everyone's contention because of the fact that they do not expect Green Bay to trade their future Hall of Fame quarterback to to a conference to the same conference. They don't have to face him in the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think that's going to be the case with Derek Carr. He's going to the Saints, and then we'll see what happens from there. He there's a couple other cities that he could definitely stop in at. And look, Derek, don't don't get it twisted either. Derek Carr is a solid quarterback. He's not elite, but he's not bottom of the barrel either. Derek Carr is top 15 quarterback in the NFL. People who are down on him would still at least give him top 20. People who are up on him would probably put him top 12. I don't know if top 10 would be a really shaky argument to, to put him top 10. But top 12, top 15, top 16 quarterbacks in the NFL, that's, I mean, that, that is absolutely nothing to, to, uh, you know, to sneeze at. You look at a lot of NFL franchises who go decades jets who go decades without a good quarterback answer. So I would be interested to see if the jets get into this sweepstakes with Carr, because the more and more it looks, the more and more, I don't believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to head to where he should go, which is the New York Jets. That defense and the offensive weapons, remember Brees Hall will be back next year. That could be a phenomenal team if you had Aaron Rodgers. And how fun would it be to cover that and to follow it as a fan? Aaron Rodgers in New York City. So that's item number one. Item number two, I mean, this thing with Kyrie Irving. I mean, can I mean, what the heck are we doing here? So Kyrie Irving, if you miss this, he <laughs> he goes out and has his welcome mat laid out for him in Dallas. And he comes in and he probably thinks he's saying all the right things. Honestly, I think he's saying the wrong things. And here's a quote. I didn't want to play the clip because it's such a long clip to get to where you want to get to the meat of it. 
he's talking about his time with the Brooklyn Nets, his time where he refused a vaccination that cost his team basically any chance at winning a championship. The time with, with the Nets where he got into it and shared all the, the ridiculous rhetoric that, that he was sharing from the one film that has been highly discredited that was basically at- attacking the Jewish community. He says that he felt very disrespected by the Nets. Quote, I just know I want to be places where I'm celebrated and not just tolerated, just kind of dealt with in a way that doesn't make me feel respected. There were times throughout this process when I was in Brooklyn where I felt disrespected in my talent. I work extremely hard at what I do. No one ever talks about my work ethic, though. Everyone always talks about what I'm doing off the because they're talking about what you're doing off the court because it entails into your work ethic. If you're refusing to make the proper concessions to make sure you get to work, you're not working. So that's not a work ethic. Dribbling in your driveway is not a work ethic. Your work ethic is the 82 games a year that you're paid to to show up and win. And not to mention the fact, do you remember the other things before the vaccination? Let's say you want to sweep the vaccination away. Before that, do you remember the nonsense where he's like missing games because he's going to go to a birthday party? He's It's always something with Kyrie. Cleveland fans know it. He was a disaster there. There was a reason why LeBron wanted to get away from him. Now, I don't know what has made LeBron turn around and all of a sudden say, hey, I want to play with him now. The only thing I can think of, he's gotten so desperate because he's on such a bad Laker team and Anthony Davis has not turned out to be what he thought he would be, especially in the health department, that LeBron's ready to bend over backwards and to just basically give Kyrie any concessions that he wants. It'll be interesting to see if the Lakers are, are willing to do that. I know LeBron wants it, but does the Lakers, do the Lakers want it? He goes to Boston, and I can tell you as a Boston fan, it was a nightmare. You never knew what you were dealing with, and he was just an absolute nightmare. You can't deny the talent, but he's getting older, he's getting older, and he's he wants one more max deal, and let's be honest. If you give Kyrie Irving a max deal, You are a moron because you don't know what he's going to do. You don't know if he's going to come to the post. And I can't wait to see it unfold in Dallas because I think Luke is going to be like, what is this? And though we, even though we have the internet everywhere and everybody should be aware of it, they're not. Dallas fans are probably excited, head in the clouds, not realizing because they're not following the nets because no one follows the nets because the nets have been a disaster since the very day Kyrie walked in there. And the fact that KD connected his coattails to Kyrie is one of the most dumbfounding things I have ever seen. He walked away from guaranteed championship status, continuing in, in Golden State or going somewhere else, anywhere but with Kyrie. All right, that's the memo. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, Doug's going to join us, and we are going to be talking the Raiders, the Super Bowl, 
prop bets, all that stuff. And we'll get into Major League Baseball as well. Be back in a flash here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. Hey, check it out. A snow cone machine. A snow cone machine? Uh, you're saying it wrong. It's a snow cone machine. Wendy's only makes one kind of breakfast, your new favorite one. How do we do it? With fresh cracked eggs, oven baked bacon, and flaky croissants. You know, the things your old breakfast wasn't doing. So toss that old news and its soggy eggs somewhere useful. And get to Wendy's. A sausage, egg, and Swiss croissant, bacon, egg, and Swiss croissant, and honey butter chicken biscuit. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time moment. Single item at regular price. Price and participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's. Hey, sports fans. The Key has a brand new show. Braves Country is coming your way. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. On WQEE, Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. We'll be talking the Atlanta Braves and Major League Baseball along with everything important to sports fans in Braves Country. The SEC, ACC, Big Ten, and the National Football League and the big sports news of the day. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. right here on WQEE. The Key, 99.1 FM, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Choose a yogurt that's right for you. With two grams of sugar per 5.3 ounce serving, too good Greek yogurt is too good to be true. So delicious dairy-free yogurt and silk yogurt alternatives are delicious plant-based swaps you can enjoy by the spoon or add to recipes. Oikos Triple Zero Yogurt and Light and Fit Yogurt are tasty, non-fat yogurt options. So many flavors, varieties, and possibilities. Elevate any recipe and your everyday with yogurt. You're listening to WQEE in Noonan, Georgia, home of Braves Country, weekdays 3 to 5 p.m. I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your huckleberry. Why, Johnny Ringo, you look like somebody just walked over your grave. But it's not with you, Holiday. I beg to differ, sir. We started a game we never got to finish. Play for blood, remember? Welcome back. Braves Country HD. Make sure to get your morning started off right here, 7 to 10 a.m. on 99.1 FM. Ryan O Radio Penitentiary coming your way weekday, 7 to 10. Then noon to 2, you got the Rod Peterson Show, 2 to 3. Sports Beat with Richard Holtridge, and 3 to 5. We go live every day here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. Joining us on the show today is Mr. Red Raider, Doug. Doug, are you ready for this Super Bowl, sir? Oh, yeah, I'm tired of waiting. Let's get it on. So I'm assuming you're pulling for the Eagles since the Chiefs are in the in the in uh, on the other side? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think we're going to end up with a pretty split party here, all, all the folks coming over for, for the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of folks are probably pulling for the Eagles because they're tired. Like, I, th- I think people are getting worn out by the Chiefs with, um, you know, this is what the third third year, in f- the third time in four years that the Chiefs have been in the Super Bowl. Yep. 
I still haven't decided who I'm pulling for. I mean, basically, you know me. If my team's not in, and I'm pulling for whatever bet that I end up throwing in there, and I haven't fully committed yet, I've I've got some teasers, but teasers isn't necessarily who you're betting to win, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You lose it, you, you 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 can cover your teaser, but, but that doesn't mean that the, that the team's going to win. So I'm I'm still kind of on the fence. I'll kind of let everybody know that on Sunday's show, but I'm a little on the fence. I'm kind of wavering. And I thought I would automatically be an Eagle supporter, but now I, I really don't know. I'm almost to the point where I don't care. I just <laughs> make sure my bets cover. <laughs> I don't want to say that that terrible cliche. I just hope they all have a good game. I hope it's a fun game. Hope mm-hmm. they all have slices and juice afterward. No, it's not that. It's like I don't really – I don't have a hatred for either one, but I don't have a love for either one. I really – like watching Jalen Hurts play, and I'm a fan of AJ Brown from his days back in Nashville. But that's not that's not necessarily enough for me. Um, but I understand why you being a Raiders fan would not be pulling for the the Chiefs. I I just I can't do it. No. I can't do it. No, I I'm with you. Um, I couldn't. Well, I don't really have a hatred for the Texans, to be honest with you. That's <laughs> so bad all the time. It's just one of those things. It's more so I, I don't see me pulling for the Colts. The only time I ever pulled for the Colts is when I wanted to see Peyton Manning get himself a ring. And if I would have known that Peyton Manning was going to end up in Denver, I never would have pulled for him when he played the Bears. Never would have pulled for him. Yeah. But that was back in that remember that rivalry between Brady and Manning. Well, I always felt like Manning was being disrespected. I thought they were both incredible quarterbacks. So mm-hmm. I decided with the Manning side of it. Plus, all my time that I lived in Tennessee, it's kind of hard not to be surrounded by you know Manning fans. Yeah. Um, so I just I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. It's really more the side stories, the guys that aren't necessarily in the limelight that that really have me more interested in this game. I mean, there's players on the defensive side that I definitely am a fan of like Chris Jones, but also like Devontae Smith. I, I don't know what it is, I guess, because he's so small. I'm a huge Devontae Smith fan. Yeah. I I think he's fine. I love Godair as, as well as Kelsey. It's kind of hard not to like those guys when you play fantasy football, right? Mm-hmm. Lay it on me. I was just going to say one thing I'll be looking forward to when this game is over, no matter who wins. If I hear one more comparison between now that Brady's retired, comparing Brady to like a, a Michael Jordan and saying that, well, um, Mahomes is kind of like the um, LeBron James of professional football now. If I hear that backward, forwards, uh, comparison down and all that stuff. Can they not all just be great? <laughs> like, why is there? Why is there always got to be an argument for the goat? It almost to me seems like forced sports talk radio jargon, right? It's exactly. If you're 20 years old and you don't know any better, and you want to argue about it, 22, you you. You know, the first time you're you're hanging out at a local sports bar and you want to get in that argument, okay. But it's older guys, man. We've kind of been around the block a few times, and we're just kind of like rolling our eyes, going, "Look, man, 
I've seen a lot of players over my lifetime play, and I'm not even counting the guys I never watched, never got a chance to see. Right. It would be really difficult for me to name one guy that is the best of all time in basketball. And the yeah. James scoring all-time scoring title, I get that starts another conversation with it. You, But you can be the all-time scorer and still not be the best player. And still not be the sure. best scorer. It was the longevity. If, if you think about it, guys like Jordan, and I'm just using him for an example, but guys like Jordan, guys like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who actually had the record, they lost, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar lost four years because he was in college at UCLA. Yeah. So that probably equates to close to 8,000 points. I know you will, will remember Kareem in his prime. I don't know if there was a, a, a more unstoppable force than, than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the, and you know, he, here's the other thing that and it's not LeBron's fault. It's not Jordan's fault. It's not anyone's fault to come along. It's not Steph Curry. If he plays long enough and breaks it, right? Right. The three point line didn't exist. So the three-point line came in in the very early 1980s, right? Mm-hmm. Anyone that played prior to that, their entire career has to be looked at differently. So I just, the whole thing is just, it's a stupid argument that people get into, but I feel like they do it just to kind of fill time. I can if I'm really sitting down and being honest, I can't put if you if you're doing the like the old the old fashioned Mount Rushmore. The problem is when they first started doing those 20, 30 years ago, these leagues were much younger than what they are now, right? Yes. It's impossible to put four players in the NBA or four players in the NFL or or in uh, Major League Baseball, and say these are the four greatest of all time, and I don't want to hear any other argument. It's impossible. You could, you, in that kind of Mount Rushmore situation, you could. There's one you could pick one that I think everybody couldn't argue against. Like I was thinking about, like Larry Bird in basketball. If you look at the entirety, you he has to be in your Mount Rushmore of basketball. He just has to be. You know, if you were doing that, and I'm not a big fan of these, I know putting Larry in, you got to put Magic in because they went hand in hand, and it's got nothing to do with the championships. They saved the sport. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm talking about yeah, uh, what the those what they made. I don't care what anybody says; those two guys automatically go in because without them, Michael Jordan never really exists. Not to the level that he existed. He. he not saying that he wouldn't have been playing great, but it wouldn't have been on national television before the bird and magic rivalry. We ended up, you know, this much more than I do. I barely remember this, but to watch NBA basketball in the seventies, you had to catch it on tape delay. Yeah. It was always on tape delay. You couldn't want, you couldn't watch the championship 
of of the NBA on live television as I would say they started putting it on, on live ABC, I guess, 1980, 1981. It was somewhere in that neighborhood. Whenever Magic and Bird broke in and you started seeing people wanted to see that, because the 1979 national title game is still the most watched game of all time between Indiana State and Michigan State, right? Right. And the one thing that television executives will do, they they follow the money and they go, whoa, whoa, whoa. How many people watch this? Now, they're going to be broken and there are going to be players that are going to come along that are just as good or, or you could even argue better than Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. Yep. Back then, you only had three major networks. There realistically was no cable. Some households had it, but not really. And the college basketball national championship was on national TV and it just, it broke the meter. It broke the meter. So I just have, if you're ever doing an all time type of ramp, my rush or magic and bird are cemented in there just because of the, because they saved the sport and then it'd be impossible not to put Michael Jordan in there. Right. Right. He carried that torch. And I know kids growing up now are even, you know, guys in their guys and gals in their thirties and into their twenties would, they would have a hard time not putting LeBron James in there because they saw him play, but I would have a hard time not putting Kobe Bryant in there, but someone that came before me would have a hell of a time not putting Bill Russell or Wilt Chamberlain in there. And then where the hell do you put Dr. J? True. So I just to forward to me that the Mount Rushmore used to be a, a a cool thing that people would argue about on sports radio, but that died like 20, 30 years ago of it being relevant because you had you you've now added two to three more decades of athletes coming in in all sports, mm-hmm. and it's impossible. And ba- and ba- and just as a side note to it, baseball's if you think basketball is hard to do. Baseball, my God, you couldn't. It's imp- it's impossible to do. Oh, I mean, yeah. everything, uh, everything comes down to favoritism, and ben- so many players. Yeah. I mean, being a, being a Reds fan, I'm like Johnny Bench has got to be there. Johnny got a bench. Johnny Bench has got to be in there. But you know, wouldn't even be. Like, mm-hmm. I even if I had a top four of, I wouldn't even think of Johnny Bench. I think he's a great Red. And he's an all-time catcher for doing catchers. I'm doing, but I, but me not being a Reds fan, he wouldn't even be on it because I was like, well, where's Hank Aaron? Where's Babe Ruth? Exactly. Yeah. Mays. And we're so gonna you judge things. I would be impossible for, for for me to have that argument. I'd be yep. like, Ooh. and by the way, I haven't missed. I haven't mentioned one pitcher. One pitcher, right? Mm-hmm. So, yep. Ball is impossible because of all you. You know, you would have to do it per. Uh, per position, but at this point in time, you'd almost have to do it per position, per franchise. Because what are we talking about here? If you, even if you did catchers and it's far and few between on the all time catches, I think you'd have a hard time narrowing it down to four because automatically bench and Yogi Berra go on there, right? Yeah. But man, the catchers that have come across, and I'm not, you know me, I'm not putting one in that, that's been 
dealt with any kind of uh, steroids, so Pudge is not going on my list. Right. But there's just, I mean, the, the incredible talent, and that's probably the easiest of, of all the positions. I mean, I, I want to put Javi Lopez in there. I, I know he doesn't belong, but <laughs> come on, Javi, let's go. That, that was my catcher growing up, man. I saw him hit a home run in Cincinnati in the 95 playoffs. He belted one about uh, 12 to 14 rows deep over the center field wall in extra innings. So like like that's that's always going to be my catcher. But I anyways, it it's interesting cuz people want I mean they want to get in heated debates about it and I'm like how can you really get in a heated debate when we are now sitting in baseball you're talking about over 150 years, basketball they're creeping up on 100 years and football just past the century mark, right? Yeah. And then hockey, I don't even know how you could do it because as little of a fan of hockey as I am, I can, I can rattle off eight to ten names, and I'm like, they've got to be on the list. We just lost one in Bobby Hull. Yeah, I was just going to say. Unbelievable. So before we get into in, into the into the prop bets and stuff like that, um, Aaron Rodgers says that he's going to go on a retreat. <laughs> he's gonna get he's gonna he, he's gonna get all into his feelings <laughs> and when he comes out he's gonna give everyone an answer i i would just be shocked if he's not going to vegas at this point what say you i i agree with you there are there are so many indicators um just a few hours Devontae adams was bringing it up again and again and again i I hate it. I don't like it. I don't want the guy here, but but this Devonte Adams connection you is pretty strong. Oh, I say here like like I'm a Raiders fan. You don't want him in Vegas. You don't think that'd be fun? It would be fun. I'm just what I'm afraid of is the cost. How how many draft picks are we going to have to give yes, up? For man, go all in. You get it for at least two years. Go for it. You go for that championship. I suppose so. I guess it's more, you know, and it's more about his added and just, you know, him being the prima ballerina type, you know, is he going to, is he actually going to bring stability to position or is it just going to be, you know, him mad at this one day and pouting about this the next? Oh, that's my, that's my oh, only concern with him. He's, he's definitely a prima donna. <laughs> yeah. There's no doubt about that. You're definitely going to deal with some of that. I know. I, I I just hope it's worth it. I just I just want it to be worth it. I I just want it to be done with it. If you're coming, come on, let's get going here. Well, the season's not even over yet. I think he's coming. I really do. I would. I do too. No, there's there's the many indications going I would on. Him go to the most is the Jets, but I think he wants to be reunited with Devontae Adams. Yeah, and Devontae's been putting those flags up for about a good ten days now. You go on his Twitter account. If you go on his Facebook account, Devontae Adams has got old footage from the Green Bay days. You can watch and uh, say, there, hey, live near me. He actually has that up today. I've got a house just near mine for you. Isn't you it know? funny that he's out there? Uh, <laughs> he's out there saying that Aaron Rodgers is my guy. You got to bring him. He, he's used the term my guy several times. That's the same term he used when he, when he entered to Vegas, he called Derek Carr, his guy. 
I know, I know, I know. <laughs> right. I'll well, tell you who becomes fantasy relevant again if the if if the move is made. Hunter Renfro, <laughs> all of a sudden, will, because man, he has disappeared. Hunter Renfro will become a thing again. Yes, I and that's somebody you might want to keep on your fantasy for next yeah, year if Rogers gets here. I think it's going to be fun stuff. Mm-hmm. It looks yeah. like Star is going to end up in uh, New Orleans. Oh yeah, that's a certainty. I mean, in the last forty-five minutes, it's even heated up. And what I thought was interesting because I had always said, and a lot of people had said that. Thomas didn't care. It's like, you're going to have to cut him anyway. He's not going to help you. But interesting enough, there's a rumor going around that the Raiders are desperate to get something for him. I think it's kind of dumb, but what they're talking about right now is that the Raiders supposedly – Oh, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, why not? Why? Well, because if not, then a week from today, you've got to cut him. Well, that's why they're. That's why the Raiders are trying to hurry up. And one of the things they're trying to incentive, uh, they told Derek Carr is, or told the Saints really, is we'll take part of that forty million that he's guaranteed after February fifteenth. We'll pay him that. We'll take some of the cost, and in return, you take the rest, and we trade them to you, and you and we get a draft pick out of it because that's what the Raiders want. They desperately want to get a second or third round pick out of him. I would. I would take a fourth or a fifth round pick at this point. They and might. Don't be surprised if they end up with a sixth or a seventh or two sixes. Or you know, because here's the thing: if not, you're going to cut them anyways. So anyway, yeah. you look at it, get something for him. And the way the Saints are looking at it, the Saints want to get him before he hits the free agent market. Yes, so they they want to get him, but but that's what they're trying to do right now. He's in Louisiana today to try to work out a contract extension because if they're going to give up co- uh, draft picks they're going to say look we don't want you for just two years if we're going to do if we're going to do this nonsense then then we'll just see you next thursday or friday right mm-hmm. we want to exactly. try to lock up and then that way when we we can build something around you exactly yes. I'll tell you what, the Saints got a lot of work to do if they want to fix that team. Adding Derek Carr is not going to be the answer. No, and they and, and if they add Derek Carr, even if the Raiders take eat some of that um that money, they're way over on their salary cap. They're in a bad, bad state as far as the management of that team. They've got so many guys. I think they're over by like 20, 25 million if you add if you add Carr, they're like 25 million over the cap. All right, well, let's go ahead and take a really quick break. When we come back, prop bets, baby. We'll be back in about 90 seconds. Keep it locked in here on the key. And Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. NFL playoffs are back, and that means the Armchair Quarterbacks Kickoff Show is back. 
Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks Conference Championship Sunday and Super Bowl Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern to 3 p.m. Eastern to get you ready for the biggest games of the year. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates. Enjoy sun-drenched days, epic stays, and plenty of room to roam in Greater Fort Lauderdale. Our hotels, attractions, and restaurants have taken the Visit Lauderdale Safe and Clean Pledge so you can relax and explore with confidence. When you are ready for that well-deserved staycation, our 23 miles of golden beaches await. Find wide-open spaces to hike, bike, kayak, and paddleboard. Visit your favorite attractions, then dine out in style in dining rooms or alfresco on waterfront patios. Learn more at sunny.org. the waste management beginning that's got to be a busy week out there in the desert Doug. you got the waste management you got the super bowl i can't even see i don't know if the suns are out there too but that's got to be a, just a nightmare getting around in the traffic looks uh. like looks like john rom once again is a is a, uh, a favorite to, to win the waste management Phoenix. <laughs> I always thought that was an odd name until, you know, until you watch the Sopranos and you're like, okay, waste management, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> now I know what you're selling. Speaking of uh, illegal activities, let's go ahead and get into best bets. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pull this up here. So apologize for having to talk my head sideways, but I got to navigate the screen so everyone can see what we're doing here. Um, the first one, so I'm going to make this a little larger so everyone can see what's going on. The first one that I'm looking at here, you got AJ Brown, four plus receptions and Travis Kelsey, five plus receptions. Now you're only getting a minus 200, right? So you're not getting a great uh, payback on that, but that almost seems like easy money to get, Very true. you know, Kelsey and Brown to, to total up nine receptions or more. Either Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes to record 50. So either one to record 50 yards rushing. I don't think Mahomes gets there. No. Man, I considering that you're only getting a, a minus 150 back, I don't love that one. Because Hurts could get there, but 50 yards is a lot for a quarterback that's not named Justin Fields. Um. Do you have any prop bets that you're liking? We talked about this one yesterday, and we always talk about this one. But the color of the first Gatorade poured on the winning coach. Ah. Now, this has got yellow, green, or lime. Any of them are the same, plus 145, orange plus 300, and blue plus 350. I saw – oh, here it is. Purple is now plus 1,000. 
someone must have put some money on that because uh, it was twelve hundred yesterday. And clear or water is one thousand. What color are you going with? I'm going with the blue because I've when we talked about this, I went past the past Super Bowl uh, splashdowns, uh-huh. and it's been it's been blue fifty two point three percent of the time in the last let's say the last twenty Super Bowls. So I'm now, going with blue. Now, now is that because the Patriots have a color of blue in their uniform, and they were always in the Super Bowl? That could be. Now that 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 is an interesting point. I didn't think of. That's that could be very true. See, if I was going to bet on it, and I don't bet on that one very much, but if I'm going to bet on it, because by the time they throw that Gatorade on someone, I usually am not paying attention, right? So I like the early prop bets where I'm actually paying attention. But if I'm going to hedge my bets on it, I'm going with that that yellow lime green color that they have it all on, on the same line. Oh, okay. The reason why is the, the Chiefs are yellow and the Eagles are green. So I, I, I guess what I'm getting at is the Eagles, I don't think would have red Gatorade on their sidelines. I wouldn't. If I no. if I was in charge of that, I would not have red Gatorade on the sidelines or Powerade, whatever they're using. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm not having green. But I'd have yellow and I'd have red. So if I think the Chiefs are going to win it and I'm strong thinking they're going to win it, then I'm just going to put it all on red. But if I want to hedge my bets and say, I don't know who's going to win this, I'm going to go with that green slash lime. So what, what I want to know is who makes who makes the declaration of it, right? True. Because from a distance, lime could look like the clear, and they're two separate bets. Uh, coin toss. Literally mm-hmm. minus 104. Yeah. It's, it's a terrible bet, but it, a lot of people like to do it. I know. I mean, if you look at a lot of these prop bets so far this week, you you can almost tell one thing that comes out of it. And I'm not a and understand I'm not a the big bet person like you got you and others are like. But one thing that comes across the line is they're really anticipating a large amount of offense in this game on both sides. Because any of these prop bets are all you know like Jalen Hurts, you know minus one twenty uh three hundred yards or more passing. I mean. Yeah. There's no way. He's not going to throw for 300. That's what fan. I mean, now this is FanDuel doing this now. So okay. I don't know how accurate. I just got, unfortunately, I only had FanDuel up today. So, so passing props. Yeah. If you look at the passing props, it was like 300 or two. Let me see. Yeah. It was, it was weird. I, I didn't like and see. Passing yards. Oh, no. His over under is 238. Oh, two thirty-eight. Okay, that, that's now you. Now you might have stumbled across a, a a singular prop bet that says if he goes over three hundred, then you get much better odds. Oh, right? okay, okay. So, in other words, a much bigger payout. But but an even Steven, the actual line is two thirty-eight. That one I could see. But I just okay. look if they end up pounding the Chiefs, like a lot of people think they're they're going to, they're going to do it on the ground. One of my favorite prop bets in this Super Bowl is 
the uh, under on Jalen Hurts's passing yards. Hmm. Quarterback to to pass four hundred. Look at that! Look at that! Look at the payout on that plus nine eighty. Wow! So, so for folks who are playing along along at home, they don't know what that means. Means if you put a hundred dollars or any any one of the quarterbacks to throw for four hundred yards or more, you would win nine hundred eighty dollars. That is tempting. Because what if? I think the only way this happens is, is with Mahomes, right? But what if? The Eagles jump out to a huge lead because of turnovers, et cetera. Like some goofy stuff happens. And then the Chiefs just have to go no huddle and they have to just ramp it up. It's not likely, but before 400 is gettable. This is how you know it's not likely. The no is minus two or 2,200. So yes. You bet $2,200 to win 100 bucks. That tells you what they think about that. They're trying to lure you in. Man, I mean, isn't that tempting just to throw 10 bucks on that? I mean, come on, let's go. I was going to say, a lot of these are very tiny bets. That's what I was going to say next, too. Well, what they're hoping is that everyone's going to bet on ones that, they, that never hit, right? Well, yeah. But the one guy that throws a 1000 <laughs> on a 400-yard passer, and he scores. Cha-ching! <laughs> Someone's getting fired at FanDuel. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, if they were looking at the odds, too, I would I would put more money down that uh, the Eagles on defense. I don't know if you have to name an individual player. I'm almost saying they will have five or more sacks. Maybe that's like a tease that I would throw out there. Here's a fun one. Will Jalen Hurts throw a touchdown or an interception first. If it's a touchdown, it's minus 300. So you're not getting very good odds, but if it's an INT, it's 235. That's a great payback. payout. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's no telling. My God. That's a, here's one that's unlikely. Will a quarterback have a reception in the game? Considering that both quarterbacks are coming in hobbled, I seriously doubt they're going to have something designed. But you know who you know who throws the wrench into the entire situation, right? Because I've seen him do it a couple of times in his career. If Mahomes throws a pass, the ball gets bad and he catches it. That would that would be considered a reception. A reception, yeah. Wow. <laughs> And that's minus five thousand on the no plus plus fourteen hundred on the S. This is this is one that I've always liked. Total number of players to have a pass attempt in the over two and a half is plus one fifty-four. The under is minus one ninety-four. I always like going with the two and a half. Cause you because you got a puncher's chance if one of the quarterbacks even if he gets hobbled for like a few plays and he's got to come out. One dump off pass. And of course, if there's a trick play. 
Now, I like it a lot better if San Fran was in it because San Fran with CMC and a couple other guys, there's a very good chance that you get a pass out of the backfield. I didn't very even cool. look at that prep in uh, that a prop bet in the uh, in the Philly San Fran game, mm-hmm. but that would have hit just because Purdy gets injured and in comes Josh Johnson. And I don't know what the prep what the prop bet would have been if four guys right because they ended up having uh, CMC throw the ball as well. Yep. Prop bet that he throws a touchdown pass. <laughs> if anyone throws a touchdown pass, I would think for some reason I'm going to say Travis Kelsey. Because they have lined him up in the in the uh, wildcat before. And I could see them drawing up a Tebow jump pass type of play. Well, I can see the Eagles doing it too. They did it three times this season. Uh, only once to good effect. They had Miles Sanders do it. They ran a, a a similar type of play. I watched Miles Sanders early on in the beginning of the season throw a it's like a six yard touchdown pass to Boston Scott. I think it was. Plus, do they get some nostalgia? Do we see another Philly special in the Super Bowl? Ah. <laughs> huh? Huh? Now we're talking. Uh, I'd love I, to see I, that. I, I, I could put a little money on that. Yeah. Yeah. You got a lock for the day? Uh, no. I hate to say it. This is one time I, I couldn't find anything I could lock That's on. Fine, man. I, I, we're, we're getting the nitty gritty. I don't want to force I want to make sure that we stay above 60% for the year. Uh, we'll get your lock on a Sunday. What, what is your walk off? Oh, my walk off is I asked, I asked this question last week and why is jerks and pro far not on a baseball team yet? He's one of the best free agents still out there. I think I have a feeling he'll be on the, either the Rangers or the Braves before the week is out or by next week. One of the two teams. I think it's because he's wanting a long-term deal. And no one's willing to give it to him. Yeah. My walk off for you is, I don't know if you saw this or not, but at one of the media days, there was a question posed to Brian Snicker with Anthopolis on stage and a couple other guys in the Braves meeting. And they handed the microphone to Snicker. And as they handed it to him, one of the guys asked him, do you see a scenario where... Trevor Bauer is signed by the Braves. He didn't even explain. He just says no. And that was it. He said, no. He said, no, not going to happen, my friend. Never going to happen. Yep. And all of our hearts sunk. I was like, I was wanting him to say, yeah, baby, we're going to go get them. We're going to go. We're going to, we're going after the Mets. <laughs> With the Dodgers money. <laughs> all right, buddy. Have- see you on a Sunday show. And, uh, I'll see you over here for the uh, for the game as well. All righty. 
All right, we're going to be right back when we come back. Justin's going to join us, and we are going to have some Super Bowl fun. Keep it locked in here on WQEE 99.1 FM and Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia, home of Braves Country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks weekdays. 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, right here on the key and youtube.com at Braves Country. Armchair. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good afternoon, and this is your Armchair Quarterbacks Sports Flash. Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show this week said that he's going to a darkness retreat to help make his decision on his NFL future. Quote, it's just sitting in isolation, meditation, dealing with your thoughts. It stimulates DMT, so there can be some hallucinations in there, but it's kind of just sitting in silence, which most of us never do. We rarely even turn off our phones or pull the blinds down to sleep in darkness. I'm really looking forward to it, unquote. Aaron Rodgers won the amateur portion of the PGA Tours AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am Championship with professional golfer Ben Silverman on Sunday. During the tournament, fans could be heard trying to convince Rodgers to play for their team. Among the teams believed to be most interested in Rodgers for a trade from the Packers are the Las Vegas Raiders and New York Jets. And Las Vegas Raiders quarterback Derek Carr has been granted permission to visit the New Orleans Saints. The visit will take place today at the Saints facility in Louisiana. It would be Carr's first known visit ahead of the Raiders' February 15th trigger date on his contract, by which $40 million of his salary becomes guaranteed. 32.9 for 23 and 7.5 for 2024. The situation requires either the Raiders or the new team to absorb those guarantees, meaning the Raiders would likely choose to release him if no trade partner emerges by that point. If the Raiders cut Carr, they will take on a $5.6 million cap hit but free up 29.3. They trade him, the same would transpire, but they would get draft picks in return. The Saints have the number 29 pick in the 2023 draft as a part of compensation for the trade for Sean Payton. They also have the 40th pick and the 71st pick on day two. Here are the games of interest in the association for Wednesday night on ESPN at 7:30. First part of a doubleheader, 76ers are at the Celtics. Two teams are separated by just a couple of games in the loss column for the Eastern Conference. Second half of that doubleheader, Kyrie Irving and the Dallas Mavericks travel to Los Angeles and the Clippers, one of the destinations Irving was rumored to have wanted to go. Other games around the league, you got the Pacers at the Heat, Pistons at Cavs, Jazz at the T-Wolves, Warriors at the Blazers on the late tilt. Men's college basketball, SEC play, the Tennessee Volunteers are at the Vanderbilt Commodores in Nashville. How they rank Vols, 19-4 on the year, 4-2 on the road. That game could be seen on the SEC Network. Also at 7 o'clock, ESPN2, Iowa State at West Virginia. Pesky Mountaineers will try to knock off Iowa State, who had a big W over the weekend versus Kansas. Houston's at home against Tulsa on the plus. 
Gators are at Bama. The Tide are undefeated in the SEC. Gators at 6-4. Highly ranked Baylor at home against OU. OU, a disappointing season looking for the upset. Other games of interest, 9 o'clock SEC Network, LSU at Mississippi State. And in the ACC, the rambling wreck of Georgia Tech is at home in Atlanta, hosting Notre Dame on the plus. While in ESPNU, Syracuse is at Florida State. BC travels to the Hokies. And that's your armchair quarterback sports flash. Stay tuned for Braves Country right here on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia, simulcasting on YouTube.com at Braves Country. Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hockey season, and that means new merch over at ourdragonsmerch.com. Get the latest designs and some of our fun new souvenirs ahead of what's sure to be a great hockey season. Celebrate another season of River Dragons hockey by getting a new look to wear on game days. Or surprise the big-time sports fan in your life with a new keepsake that will make them a River Dragons fan for life. Order online right now at ourdragonsmerch.com. That's the letter R, dragonsmerch.com. We'll see you at the rink. Armchair. Ten years ago, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from maximum security stockade. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire... Braves Country, WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. It's simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Good afternoon, Mr. Justin Waller. Good afternoon, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. Aaron Rodgers going all Ricky Williams trying to find himself. Hope there isn't a suspension when he comes back. You're in Braves Country. Hour number two, Super Bowl week. We got a lot of folks to put in a lot of places in the NFL, Justin. That's all I know, man. Um, we kind of touched on it last hour, Doug being a big Raiders fan. He and I both believe that that's where he's going to end up. Are you in the are, are you in the camp that Rodgers ends up in Vegas, or do you have him elsewhere? Do you have him in Nashville, New York? I think New York makes the most sense. Um, but Oakland would be my number two. I mean, you reunite him with his uh, wide receiver and uh, get him closer to the West Coast and his home. And uh, it also makes sense. But the Nathaniel Hackett hire in with the Jets really is interesting. So be curious. And what does he want? I mean, does he want the New York spotlight? Because that's the one thing you know if you're going to set foot in either one of them locker Well, it's the same locker room. Either one of them teams in that stadium, uh, you carry uh, the New York market and media with it, and you know that's tough. 
Yeah, well, so I think one of the key obvious reasons why he... Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize I didn't have my, my video on, man. Um, one of the key reasons why I do believe that he ends up in in Vegas, obviously the Devontae Adams situation. I also believe with him being a West Coast guy, I just... As much as I'd like to see him in New York and having to deal with the New York media, I don't think he's a guy that, that would deal with them very well, right? So, I I mean, he wouldn't be able to travel outside of the stadium. <laughs> if we ever had another uh, uh, lockdown, let's just leave it at that. But, uh, yeah, I think it would fit more his uh, way of life and style. You would think that uh, you're leaning to Vegas. You know, that's a very good point. <laughs> I didn't even think about the fact that if we, we've got an election year around the corner, they do another lockdown and Rogers is playing for New York. He, he might just retire. He might just say to heck with it. I'm out. I don't see him putting up with anything. So, uh, why would he? Right. So that would be, I, I didn't even think of that be, being a factor. The other things are, as far as the quarterback carousel has begun, I would really like to see Lamar Jackson traded to Atlanta. I think that would be a, a lot of fun to watch him in, not just with the offense, but what can he do in a dome, right? And if you put him in Atlanta, I don't... I feel like that the Ravens are going to drag their feet so long that they're not going to have the opportunity to go after like a Derek Carr or something like that, right? Derek Carr is in Louisiana today talking over his possibility of a trade. Let's say that goes through because it, lo it looks like it's picking up momentum. What are, you, what are you hearing that the Titans are expected to do at the quarterback position? Stand firm. I can't hear you. What? Stand firm. I, I don't see a, a big difference. Uh, I mean, there's no talks of uh, from the new GM. Um, it's still about evaluating Tannehill and uh, seeing where he's going from that. But he did make an interesting comment that, uh, you know, this is a quarterback league and uh, front offices are based off their quarterback decisions. So that's the only mystique that uh, has been put out into the media locally that uh, you could read into and say, well, you know, wh where does he go? But it sounds like they will play it safe, probably ride this out with Tannehill, because I just don't know if you can eat that much or who you could trade off to uh, pick up that contract. Your volume's low, so just try to speak up. Um, I've I've got it up, up as high as I can get it w without distorting it. Um, I d so you're not expecting the Titans to do anything but to play with Tannehill one more year. Does that concern Vrabel long-term as far as could he be on the chopping block next year for something that's realistically not his fault out of his control? Or do you think if they keep Tannehill, which is a possibility, with them drafting Willis last year, is drafting a quarterback high in the draft off the table, or, or do you think that they could be a, a player moving up? Because he, so he, he was so bad. Volume any better? Yeah. 
Okay. Um, it's interesting because Vrabel gets a pass. I firmly believe the, the growth you've seen on the defensive side of the ball, they will continue to build that. But I think this is going to be one of them ugly drafts. And I, and as much as I want to say and the fandom in me wants to come out and be like, yeah, they're going to trade up. They're going to do whatever they've got to do to, to go get the quarterback that's their guy. But you can't protect him. This is going to be a big, ugly draft. And it's not going to be sexy for the fan base, but you need talent. You need depth on that offensive line, and you've got to rebuild some positions in that secondary and and linebacking core. So I, I think you'll see this defense evolve and better itself next season. It will keep them in games. You brought out your last year with Tannehill. You see what you have in Willis, and then if not, you're all hands on deck for that offseason free agent market or next year's draft. I'm wondering if they may at least go in the direction of getting a formidable backup. Not that Josh Dobbs did a terrible hey, job. I was going to say, Josh Dobbs is, is there, man. You, you, you got my boy in the house he'll be all right well i get that but <laughs> if, if if it ends up being the josh dobbs show it's going to be a very limited offense right and he didn't do a bad job by any stretch of the imagination considering what he was up against i i thought he actually did a phenomenal job but would they possibly go after a guy that you say hey a guy like a mike white right you say hey you come here, we'll see what you got. And if you prove yourself this year, this could be your team next year is how you could dangle that carrot, right? Or are they just going to go with Dobbs and see how it goes? If they don't use a top draft pick on a quarterback, I don't see them using a later pick on a quarterback just because this quarterback class is deep at the top, but it's pretty thin at the bottom. And it's like you said, they've got so many other needs that they might just punt it. But is that, I mean, at some point you're really pouring out the end of the career of, of Derrick Henry and just wasting it. You are. And then you have to look at what kind of trade value do you have there? And I, you know, I just said that, yeah, I would consider trading Derrick Henry if you're not going to build this team out because you're losing the window and you're losing that back into that contract is just going to kill you. But the that's the life expectancy of running backs in the NFL. They're not very long. And to the quarterback point, you've got to replace A.J. Brown and get an offensive line to protect a quarterback or it doesn't matter who's behind center. You don't have anybody to take the top off the defense to keep the box from being stacked to even give Derrick Henry a chance. And so I, I think it'll be wide receiver, offensive lineman, and you, you'll see defense scattered throughout as best players come available. But I, I'm like you. If there's a quarterback, it'll be very late. Uh, if I'm wishful thinking, I'm hoping that the injury to uh, Hendon Hooker probably sets him back a little bit. That's a pipe dream. Somebody's going to take a risk and a flyer mid rounds in the draft on him. So, um, I don't know where they go. They might not even take one in the off season, but if they do, I think it'll be bringing in a season vet, like what you described with white, somebody that you can go out and be like, Hey, come in and here's your opportunity. But 
they've got to get a number one wide receiver that can stretch this de- uh, stretch a defense because they've got talent across the offensive line, but they still nobody all season was allowed to take the top off the defense and stretch the field like AJ Brown did. It could be worse. They could be thinking about doing what the Giants are planning on doing, which 160 million for Daniel Jones, <laughs> I don't know, 115 guaranteed. I don't know about that. I watched a lot of those Giants games, and I'm telling you right now, he's good. He's okay. But is he 40 a year? Okay. I oof. But if but if you're gonna if you're gonna sign him, that's what you have to sign him to. Because he's gonna have the ability to to be able to step out. It looks like the that the biggest name wide receiver that's gonna be on the free agent market is J- Jacoby Meyer from the from the Patriots. He could be someone that you could bring in to, to help stretch that secondary, but I don't know if uh I don't know if it's worth the money that he's gonna because he's the biggest name out there on the market receiving wise as far as I'm I'm just kind of scanning over it right now. Juju Smith Schuster will also be available as well. He might be a little more affordable, but back to the Lamar Jackson thing to, to the Atlanta Falcons. I just, it feels like to me that they have reached a point with Lamar and Baltimore of no return because there's a lot of belief in the, not just the Ravens fan base, but just across the board that Lamar could have played if he really wanted to, if, if he had a contract, he would have played. And I understand why he didn't play. That doesn't mean that that makes you any more attractive to your, your employer. Right. And could they hold that against them? I know they can tag him, but he doesn't have to play. Oh, by the way, OBJ and Michael Thomas are also going to be free agents. Uh, but hey, what are you getting out of one of those? I don't think. Oh. Ah, man, I don't know if I'm touching that. Take a hard pass on that, and uh, we'll, we'll move on to drafting another guy that looks like AJ Brown, and hopefully, uh, <laughs> we, we get that. So, yeah, I would rather. Can the first round pick just play on the team for more than four years as a Titans fan? That's that's just all I want. Is this year's first round draft? Well, John Robinson but... hadn't traded him and just paid him like he should have paid him. So stupid. The man earned it. He did. And that's the one thing a Titans fan has been wanting the entire time is a true number one wide receiver. And it's the, go, DJ the missing Charles piece you've been chasing. Can I well, can I talk you into some DJ Chark? <laughs> what if I give you Henry for Lawrence? <laughs> <laughs> well, me personally, I say deal because we're we're big fans of Henry in this house. But uh, I don't think the city of Jacksonville would be okay with that. Um, the, in fact, our dog has a Derrick Henry jersey on because she was born in, in his little town of Yulee. I'm, I'm going through all these free agent wide receivers. There's an Alan Lazard, but I think he's going to actually get a bigger contract than he's really worth. 
they're projecting him here three years, 33 million, 21 guaranteed. And that was more than Juju and who's the other guy that I said? Not, not, uh, not J and not Michael Thomas, but there was another one. And this is the biggest guarantee that I've seen since Jacoby Myers. There's a lot of, there's really a lot more talent, interior talent on the free agent market than there is. Miles Sanders is a free agent. That's a guy that the, that uh, the Falcons, if the Falcons can somehow get Lamar Jackson, Miles Sanders would be great in the offense. If you had Sanders and you had Lamar along with Algier, who had a really good rookie season, if you could affordably bring back Cordell Patterson, man, that is a, and that, and that's the kind of offense that Lamar Jackson would, would thrive off of. And let's not forget uh, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I was about to say Pitts in that mix uh, really makes that a dynamic offense. Uh, if it makes you feel any better as a Titans fan, next year the the Jaguars are going to have some money to spend, and they're adding Calvin Ridley to the mix. Thanks. <laughs> Tanking for Caleb. <laughs> Here's the thought that I had. If he could somehow fall to the second round, I don't know if he will. What about Hendon Hooker? I think Hendon Hooker is going to have a pretty good NFL career. Now, I, I haven't seen his projection recently. Before the injury, he, he was going to be a first-round pick, but now that he's injured, that'd be a perfect time for the Titans to go for him because you can let him rehab and just take his time and say, look, Tannehill can take can take control of the ball and about the time he gets injured like he always does <laughs> hooker should be healthy let's go can hooker survive in an nfl offense so uh, that hypo offense that that hurry up stretch the defense and and i mean you're really using every yard of the field east to west and you're making matchups and you're just looking to the sideline getting two plays reading and you're hitting a spot. Does that translate in the NFL? Well, didn't they ask know. the same thing when uh, Patrick Mahomes came from that wide open Texas Tech Cliff Kingsbury offense? I think that's a little bit different, but no, not really. Okay, well, fair enough. Hooker stays healthy. He's probably in your Heisman finalist uh, stage there. So Here's an interesting that. one. How about Paris Campbell? Cause I feel like he was widely underused and he is a deep play threat. That's a guy that a lot of teams will, will be kicking the tires on. And they're expecting him to get like a three year. Let me see where it was projected out again. Here is three years, 23 with uh, 13 guaranteed. This is all just being projected off of uh, pro football focus, which they're usually pretty on the money. But that's a guy that I that I would be interested in. From Atlanta, from Tennessee, like that's a guy that can t help you take a cover off the defense. I really felt like he was always underutilized. Now, why was that? That's that's a different story, right? 
But that's uh, I'll tell you. Who, I'll tell you who is a good player that's actually a free agent for Jackson. We'll see if they resign him. Dwayne Smoot. He's being projected as three years, 27, 17 guaranteed. He is a solid edge rusher. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we're talking about that Bauer outage. What's going on there? Brian Snicker says that he ain't coming to Atlanta. I can't wait to hear Justice take on this one. He's trashing our boy, Justin. He's trashing our boy. We back in a flash. I'm just there till my divorce is final. Now, who is coconuts enough to divorce you? We got to go, but we'll see you around. Well, we'll have to have you over sometime. I'd love it. All right. Bye. Bye. She's awesome. No, we are never having her over. Her charity slept with two dads from the school. What? Mm -hmm. That's horrible. Whenever I bring home Entenmann's Little Bites muffins... Little Bites? That's right, sweetie. Can you just give Mommy a minute? I love Little Bites! I know you do, but we're doing a commercial right now, okay? Got it. As I was saying, whenever I bring home you-know-what, you-know-who gets pretty excited. And so do I. Little Bites muffins are made with real ingredients, no high-fructose corn syrup, and are baked moist and delicious. I love Little Bites! There you go. Yes! Entenmann's Little Bites muffins. The perfect portion of happiness. Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Do you want to lose 18 pounds fast and improve your health? Now you can lose up to 18 pounds in your first two months with Nutrisystem. Get delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, even snacks and shakes delivered safely to your door. All delivered for free. It's easy to follow, and you'll see results in your first week. You'll get your favorite foods made healthier and perfectly balanced to put your body in fat-burning mode. Millions of people have lost weight with Nutrisystem, and you can too. Lose up to 18 pounds in your first two months. Texting privacy policy in terms of conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop to opt out. Take the Welcome seat. back to Braves Country. Mac McGinn, the armchair quarterbacks, weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Drive time on WQEE. Welcome back. Just a handful of days from Super Bowl 57. Question, Justin, when you see the Super Bowl numerals, do you know what they are? I've been kind of polling everybody every year. I I mean, all week, excuse me. I'm curious. Not anymore. Yeah. I'm kind of curious about that because I think my – I know they say that we technically should be in the same generation, but I really feel it's more of 10 years than 20 like it used to be because of technology. And I feel like Gen X was the last true – generation that would even that it was emphasized what roman numerals were did they even go over that in school with you they did i mean i, mean, I really remember did. it's okay. when you get to the tens and you know the l the c the m i don't remember what the the large numbers okay but at one point up, but you were aware of it yeah and, okay. and you go to yes because you're 
within about 10 years of me. And then Joey's about within about 10 years of you somewhere in that area. I think he's a little less, but not by much. So I think Joey and I are probably around 15 ish years apart and he had no clue. And I I'm, I'm going off the, off the, uh, assumption that, uh, around that time period, they probably just didn't go over it. And I, and you know, they're not doing it now. Cause I, I can't even imagine what school it is would like blow now. your mind. Uh, if you, saw what uh, the math curriculum was now um you just had to shake your head and say why but uh hey, for whatever reason um they are able to count but uh, i think that's why you have to have a computer tell a lot of these uh, individuals how to give you your change back and if they shut that drawer too much they can't remember what you gave them or how to do the math so um i don't know we'll, we'll see if the building blocks and the stacking and the everything works out long-term, but it doesn't look like it, man. Yeah. I'm, I, you. I'm, I'm going off of the fact that you live in the age of Google now. Like, I don't even know what you would go over in school. <laughs> Couldn't they just Google everything? <laughs> there was a, there was a story that came out that I shared. I think it was yesterday's show. I don't remember, but it was off of the, the Grammys from Sunday night. And it was a, it was a pretty highly national publication from the UK that referred to, I guess, Bonnie Raitt won the song of the year and she beat out Beyonce, Taylor Swift. I think Adele was the third one, but I can't swear to that. And the headline read, uh, unknown blues singer wins song of the year over, you know, Taylor Swift, Beyonce, and I'm like unknown. And I was, and so, and so my wife was laughing because she's sitting there saying, she's like, she goes, you're getting so mad about this. I said, it's because I said, you know what the difference is? I had to know stuff, right? But this idiot, whoever released that as a headline, all they had to do was Google it. Who is Bonnie Raitt? And, and they would see the litany of albums that she, and they would probably eventually recognize one of her songs. But I said, that is the equivalent of back when I was, you know, a youngster, we'll say in my twenties. And I, and I say something to the equivalent of unknown blues rock singer, Janis Joplin, but at least in my defense and I couldn't have looked it up. Right. I just had to know Janis Joplin is a badass, Right. Right. You cannot, I mean, of all, if you are covering music and you don't know who Bonnie Raitt is, I'm going to end up having a, having an aneurysm over this. I guess but, the unknown for me was, I didn't know that she was still producing music. I know exactly. Yeah, I, who now, she that is. I, now that was the shocker to me that she has a new song that, uh, won out. So that that's awesome. Good for her. But, uh, that, yeah, I know exactly who that, that I agree with that I did not. But then again, it's because I don't listen to modern music anymore. Because when they started really changing, and I, it's just a sign of getting old. You like what you like, right? And I, there's, there's no reason for me to turn on rock stations that are anything but playing classic rock, right? Or I can even go up into the '90s and early 2000s rock, but most of the stuff that is played today, it's just not for me. Same thing with country music love country music 
But what I hear nowadays coming out of my wife's uh, speakers as she pulls in the driveway, that's not country music. I don't know what it is, but it's not country. I think uh, George Strait and Alan Jackson sang a song about that in the mid-90s. Yeah, I was going to say, that song's like 20 years old. Because I remember being in the stadium at the George Strait Festival where he and Alan Jackson sang that song. I'm trying to think of what year that was. It's one of the many years that I lived on and off in Nashville. And I think that was, it was after the Titans showed up, but it wasn't long after. That was a pretty new stadium when I went and saw that. So I'm thinking 2000, 2001, somewhere in that neighborhood. That feels about right. But still, it's hard to believe that was over 20 years ago. Yeah. Murder on Music Row was 20 plus years ago, man. It's like, that. Get off my lawn. I'm turning into it more and more every day. You think Shania Twain killed country music? (laughs) Turn it on nowadays, buddy. (laughs) That that thing is, that thing is, that thing's such a long gone corpse. It's not haunting anybody. It's over. So Major League Baseball, looking at some of the, the, uh, the over-unders right now, I thought it'd be interesting to, to get your take on this. We're looking at the Braves at 96 and a half. The Mets are 94 and a half and the Phillies 89 and a half. The one that jumps out to me the most is I think the Phillies are being undervalued. I think the Phillies are being undervalued. And I think the rotation of the Braves is being a little overvalued. Um, I do not or did not see the additions I anticipated. Um, that's putting a lot of faith in Soroka bouncing back. And if I'm not mistaken, in Max Freed in a potential arbitration year. Um, so how well, yeah, that... he just cleared arbitration. He's got one more year of control. So he'll, he'll either do arbitration or they'll, but he's a free Max Freed's a free agent at the end of 24. Now I think what they're hoping is that by 20, by the end of 24, some of the other younger guys will have stepped up and they're just going to lose Max Freed. I don't see any way, shape, or form that Max Freed resigns with the Atlanta Braves. Because he's. I want to know why they didn't make a deal. Or at least Sticker be open. Well, yes, with with him beforehand. But why was Bauer off the table? I I just don't understand that. Um, I think it's because he, he and some of the others are buying into the original allegations. But if you look into it, man, there's a really gray area. Now, the only thing I'll say in the defense of Snicker saying that he has got a reputation of being toxic in the locker room, and that's not typically the Braves' way. They typically like to have guys who are going to – so there might be some fear that if you brought in a guy like Bauer, A, the media attention that it's going to get. But, hey, if you do it now, all that kind of goes away by the end of spring training, right? The other thing would be he gets in there. If he is toxic, what kind of example is he going to be? Not just for the pitchers, but what about your young core that you have? Your, your Austin Riley's, your Acuna's who, you know, this is a pivotal year for Acuna. If you really look at his, for the trajectory of his career, this is a pivotal year for him. So he had a down year last year. We all know a lot of that had to do with the injury, but if he comes out this year and it's kind of meh, then 
what are we talking about with him long-term? So you want him focused. You want Ozzy coming back focused. I, I know why they won't do it, <laughs> but the fan in me just wants to see it, man. I want. I mean, see if it. he's toxic, I, I understand it, but I don't remember that coming up when we were really wanting him when he was coming. You know, the Reds were releasing, or he was moving on, and the Dodgers picked him up. I don't remember that coming into play. And I mean, if the man's got a kink, he's got a kink. That ain't none of my business. And if he can throw a baseball, throw your baseball. Um, yeah, now that I agree with, I, I'm on board with signing him. I, I'm with yeah. you. I, I feel like there's two. Who's many- left out there? Does Waka interest you at all with him still being out there unless something happened today that I'm unaware well, of? Well, I don't know Waka's what we out there. Are you interested? Michael Waka, I in our bullpen, I don't think he could – I don't think he'll – the thing is right now we're seven deep on the on the starting rotation of what I consider actual legitimate guys who can make the starting rotation. I don't think Soroka is going to be in the rotation to start off. I think he's going to battle, and I think it's going to be one of those things where he might be in, in the minors for a bit. I think there's a very good chance that Bryce Elder ends up being the fifth guy. But – I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt to Ian Anderson because he fell apart at the end at the midway point last year. But prior to that, he, I mean, we are just one year removed from patting him on the back and talking about how great he was in the postseason. And without him, there's no world championship in Atlanta in 2021. True. I would be in favor of a six-man rotation in Atlanta for a number of reasons, but I don't know if they'll do it. One of the reasons a lot of these teams don't want to do it is because they worry about taxing their bullpen. But if you sign a Michael Walker, a guy who can come out of the pen and give you two, three innings every time he comes out, then I think that's a game changer. Just still feel like with that number, no matter whether you go the five, six, however you want to do your rotation, you've got a lot of young arms and a lot of what ifs. And you do have a good back end of the bullpen. I will give them that. I think the back end of the pen is built out nicely and you've got some options, but those middle innings are going to be crucial. And I think that's where the strain's going to be. Uh, you know, if you do have someone chased in the second or third and you just don't get deep into the game, you're going to really tax uh, those middle inning guys. Yeah, they're going to. I mean, they're going to have to be heroes. The reason why I like the six-man rotation is because with these young pitchers, you give them more downtime, not just for rest, but also the recovery of if they had a bad outing, be able to work on some things, et cetera, et cetera. And, And then you keep their innings down as you head towards the season, because especially now that seven teams making it in the playoffs on both sides, these games are not as do or die as they used to be. Now you don't want to fall behind. Don't get me wrong. We don't want another one of those situations like last year where we're 10 and a half games back on, on May 31st. I don't want any part of that, but at the same token, man, the Phillies barely got in the playoffs and look what they did. I so a walk estimated in their totals this year, though. I agree with you there. Walker to me would be an interesting ad if he's willing to be a piggyback type guy, to be a guy to come in 
and eight innings. Maybe you give him a spot start every once in a while. You know, a perfect piggyback situation would be Michael Walker, and then you follow him up with Jesse Chavez in his 47th year of uh, MLB. <laughs> I love Jesse, though, man. I'm so glad he's back. I'm so glad to see they signed him. I think it's his glasses, man. I'm just like, yeah, baby, let's go. You know he's going to come in. He might get one strike, but he's going to come out and give you two solid innings, and there's a good chance that he's going to keep the scoreboard the way he found it, right? So I I love Jesse Chavez, man. I And not to mention the fact that him and Morton are such good friends. That's just, that's just nothing but helps the camaraderie. But I don't know. Look, maybe there's something behind the scenes with Bauer that we don't know about that maybe there's some kind of animosity with other players or, or maybe even coaches. I don't know. But something. One of the players' girlfriend Google search got revealed, and they're like, Coach, can't bring this guy in. All I know is you don't <laughs> normally he gives the very roundabout uh, political answer. And instead, in he just, when he was asked, What about Trevor Bauer? No. And that was it. Like, he didn't even go, Well, you know, when I say that, I mean, he just said no. Now, wouldn't that be something if in the next few days he does get signed? <laughs> They're gonna be like, He's got to answer. I thought you said no. He goes, well, <laughs> can't disclose on gun negotiations. <laughs> All right, let's let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hit the, uh, well, it's not a six-pack of tall boys this week because we're running out of games or, or a six-pack to go. We're, we're going to hit a four-pack of tall boys. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you stream, here on 99.1 FM. Look at me, 92. Come on, you know, I mean, at the role at your age. Whoopee. Must be down to a handshake, huh? <laughs> yep, before and after. Hey, sports fans, Braves Country is coming your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. We'll be talking the Atlanta Braves and Major League Baseball along with everything important to sports fans in Braves Country. The SEC, ACC, Big Ten, and the National Football League and the big sports news of the day. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. right here on WQEE, The Key, 99.1 FM, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family, have produced quality hardwood farm and garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is handpicked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now, 931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. Or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company, welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball.
Why is there a pancake in the silverware drawer? Then why is there silverware in the pancake drawer? <laughs> Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Drive time on WQEE. We are just, I saw it today. It's officially 50 days from opening day. 50 days. March 30th, a Thursday. I think it's a 1 o'clock first pitch. It's 1 o'clock, 105, something like that, where they're going to be taking on the Nationals. That's nice. Started off with a divisional game. I like it. Well, especially, I, I mean, that's almost like homecoming. <laughs> you get to play the Nationals. They're over under, I think, is 59 games this year, Justin. That is, whew. That's a special kind of terrible. Just got to hope you don't lay down to them like we've seen in the past with the Braves. Go in and win the games that you never expect to and then lay down to the dogs. You got to win the games you got to win. We've got our fantasy fantasy dynasty uh, draft starting up here in a few weeks or so. Um, Is there a single national that you would be okay with ending up on your roster? So I can't think of one. I mean, maybe Josiah Gray, but he's got to take a huge step forward. I don't think I want to draft him. I'll he was supposed head, to be nothing high. stands out, but there might be some flyers that uh, find some later. I well the the first baseman, right fielder Manessas. He was a pretty good power bat. But that's about it. But that's once again, I don't know if that's a guy you drafted. Might be a guy that you kind of keep an eye on, right? I'm in a couple of those uh, season long best ball baseball drafts right now, where there's like eight hours in between picks, so you know they go slow. <clears throat> and so I'm, I'm I'm towards the end of my first one, and I decided to go ahead and jump in two more today. And I normally when you do this because there's 12 guys in the league, you're like, all right, well, there's a good chance I don't draft until the weekend, whatever. And I, the thing starts up. It probably took 10 or 15 minutes for everyone to join. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm on the clock. What is that about? Because I do. I'm telling you, I never get the top pick. I always end up with. I don't care how many of these best balls I jump in on underdog. I always end up with like the 11th pick or something even worse, like the eighth pick where you're sitting there having to especially in the in the slow drafts you you make a pick and then you're like i'm up in four more picks but i don't know when that's going to happen that could happen later on this evening or it could happen uh saturday morning <laughs> so you're like, but man i just i got the number one pick and the number two pick right off the bat and this is not one of these things where shohei otani is much more valuable than everybody else because in the, I'm, I'm, I was been in a couple of those drafts in ESPN, and when you draft Otani, you get his points for everything he does, right? So it's almost like an unfair advantage to have him. I was about to ask: Is it one where you had to draft the arm or the bat, or do you get both? So on on their year round, all you do is draft the. Uh, 
on the on the best ball, you'll see Otani outfielder, and then you'll see Otani pitcher, just like you see it on Yahoo, on ESPN. You just so everyone who's been so I've been in three or four of these on ESPN, and every single I've yet to see someone not draft Otani first because he's averaging like 850 to 875 points in a single season where the next closest guy from the year from last year, when, when a judge went bananas, he only had like just over 600 points. There's a huge disparity. I'm like, why would they even do that? It's, it's so unfair to even, I get it that you're gonna have to wait another 22 picks, but man, but anyways, my point is I had the number one pick and the number two pick. And I said, let's ride, man. Give me a Cunha in both of them. I was like, I don't care. I'm going with them. Now, if I end up in another one, get a high pick like that, I'll probably end up, you know, hedging my bet and go with Judge or something. But these are much different drafts than than what we are in. Um, I had to find out the hard way. I did one draft. It was one of those 30-second deals, and I didn't check the the rules. Oh, so you don't get points for uh, saves or holds or nothing. Just wins, strikeouts, innings pitched, and earned runs take a big chunk of your points away. So basically what you do in those is all you want to do is draft starting pitchers, and you preferably just want a handful of really good ones because you're not taking chances on a guy because it's not a daily it's a weekly score. So, so they take your best points after at the, at the end of each week. So it doesn't do you any good. For instance, let's say if you wanted to draft a Soroka, right? He's probably never going to score for you because he'll be like middling around there where a guy who goes out there and gets a lot of strikeouts is always going to dwarf him. But anyways, I win a Cunha, baby. Let's go. I ain't scared. Turn your camera on for me. What's up? Oh, it's still off. <laughs> I never, I never, well, cause when I look forward, I see your, your, I have myself blocked. It's, it's hard to explain, but I'm I got over here this. tapping my eyes, giving the baseball signals. I'm like, all right, he's not seeing me. <laughs> you know what? I was giving the viewers a break. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, let's go ahead and get into some prop bets. I'll, um, interested to see where you go on these. Now, <laughs> as soon as you say that, your your camera disappears. <laughs> I swapped over so I could double check what I had picked out. I know what you did, but it, it, it was just funny. <laughs> Turn your camera on. All of a sudden, you just disappear. <laughs> uh, okay. So... Man, I don't feel strong about a lot of these prop bets, but there's some. Now, we'll get into the fun ones, but let me go ahead and, and get your actual locks for the week that you that you like on on the prop bets, or if you like a line, what you got? righty. I'm gonna take uh, both the minor props. The first one: uh, Will there be a punt resulting in a touchback? Plus one fifty. That's free money. I'll take it. I think you get a punt into the end zone during the game. There ought to be a prop that says, will there be a punt kicked into the middle of the field when the idiot knows that he, that he should cough and corner it? 
Because I swear, it seems like every week there is a punter that does that. They're they're trying because I I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that it's analytics around it, and they'll say it's actually better to kick it as far as you can, an extra four or five yards, because your punt coverage, blah 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 blah. Well, now the Bengals are sitting at home. <laughs> I can't argue that. You don't see the coffin corner like you used to. I get, I've never heard it mentioned, but I guarantee it's some analytically driven junk. Let me see here. Super Bowl props. Where's the one that I'm... I am putting on... You know, I talked about this yesterday. Ugh. They've dropped it down another second. Man, you know how I love betting on the national anthem. It sounded two minutes and seven seconds this year. In the over, as I guess what everybody's banging, because it's a minus 190, the under is one plus 145. Give me the under. I'm going under this year. Taking the under, okay. It's Chris Stapleton. I can't imagine he's going to do a lot of Ray Charles type of, you know, dragging the song out kind of thing. Maybe he gets whiskey, preempted yeah. and Eminem does it and he just wraps the whole thing and he's done like 38 seconds. <laughs> Let's go. I always bet on it though. And under this year's plus 145. Two minutes and seven seconds. Last year I bet on the over. Didn't even come close. I can't even remember who sang it, but it was someone that I was like, you know, she might drag it out. And my buddy's sitting there next to me during the Super Bowl. And he just keeps looking at me. We're both looking at the clock. We're like, oh, it's not going to happen, man. Unless she really belts out this last line and does the home of the Bray. Yay, 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 yay. It, it missed by like 10 seconds. It wasn't even close. What's your next prop bet that you like? Let's or, see. I'll make sure I word it correctly. Will there be a successful two-point conversion in the game? I'm going to take yes at plus 200. Oh, that's a plus 200? Yes, sir. I like that. That seems very, very likely. Now, it has to be completed, not will they go for it. Right, right, right. But I, I'm just successful. Saying that- and I think one of the teams chases points. I don't know if you miss an extra point, but we've seen this year that that is a high probability. Um, I could see you getting that on the very first possession of the game where if – if the Chiefs were to score, I could see Andy Reid saying, "We're gonna, we're gonna make them try to chase us." Who is it that always does that? It's uh, Tomlin in the Steelers. They always go for it on on two, especially during the playoffs. It's really not a terrible idea. Now, I don't like it once you get in the meat of the game. I don't like chasing points. I say get as many points you can. But the first possession of the game, if you can get them by surprise and go out there and get your two point conversion, I like the strategy behind it. But I hate it when it's like middle of third quarter. It's an 11-point game. It's been fairly high scoring. Someone scores a touchdown, and all of a sudden they're going for two. Like, here we go. Now we're going to be down five, and then we're going to be chasing the rest of the game. I I cannot stand that. Uh, The next one that I will go with, this is a basic one, but let me get to, let's see where the actual, let me get the, the uh the updated lines on this because i 
really believe where is the action oh, i'm trying to find oh here we go first quarter lines now the one i gave everyone yesterday was i i like the prop bet of no points being scored in the first five minutes of the game i love that one because i can see it being kind of like a a jabbing punching type of thing where it's two heavyweight boxers are feeling themselves out but this is what i like first quarter oh it has gone up okay so the first quarter spread how about this the first half spread Right now, the over-under sits at 24 and a half. Give me the under. I like that. I do believe that it's going to be under 24. I I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game. Like, everyone's jumping on the 51, and you're seeing it climb. And I'm like, man, the, these, these teams got there because they have good defenses, and I also believe that they're not – A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are very athletic. That's true. But there's something wrong with Jalen Hurts' shoulder. So, so how many deep passes are they going to try to hit? Conversely, Tyreek Hill's not in this game anymore. And the Chiefs are very, what's the best word for it? Uh, they're very succinct with their passing game. And it's more of like a precision passing game. And they move the ball. But it's not in big chunks like it used to be. And McCurl Hardman, who's basically a poor man's Tyreek Hill, he's on the IR. He's done. CEH is back in. You check that prop bet to see what would what, what get him for a score. Are there any others that have your fancy? You uh, there was another punting one, but it uh, wasn't enough uh, favorable on the bet. The, the over-under on 57.5 for longest punt for the uh, Chiefs, I would take the under. Um, it's minus 145, but, uh, man, maybe you see a, a boot at, uh, I think it's 150 or plus 150 if you think it'll be over. But uh, I think you get a touchback, and I just don't see uh, – I don't see a 58 yarder coming. So I like the under on the uh, longest punt for the Chiefs. The college basketball lock that I'll end up giving out on a line later on. Um, I, uh, there's a few games that I like tonight. You got Tennessee and, and, and uh, Vanderbilt. You've got Florida going to Alabama. I'm excited to watch a lot of these games. But my lock of the day for college basketball is, <clears throat> excuse me, Michigan at home against Nebraska. They're giving up 11 and a half. Michigan's playing really well, and Nebraska has not been playing well. I like Michigan to cover the spread. What is your walk-off for the day, sir? Well, you know how I like rings, and uh, Michael Jordan's still the greatest in my eyes. Six rings versus four, two three-peats never lost a series final or a final series um yeah jordan's still my goat don't care about the points record all right well we're gonna go ahead and get out of here uh stay tuned for first name sports on sports map radio and uh 
We'll see you tomorrow, three to five, one step closer to the Super Bowl. And tomorrow we we got an action packed show. We got uh, Stephen jumping on us, jumping on with us for prop bets, and of course Joey will be here. For all the guys and gals and girls behind Armchair Quarterback Radio, I'm Mac McGee. We'll see you manana. Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks on 99.1 FM WQEE, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, and simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Braves Country comes your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Please follow, like, and subscribe today. Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for Southern sports. Something of the fifth of September. Something of the fifth of September. She said a lot that I can't remember. Something of the fifth. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, in Noonan, Georgia. The NFL playoffs are back. That means the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show is back. Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks, Conference Championship Sunday and Super Bowl Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern to 3 p.m. Eastern to get you ready for the biggest games of the year. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates.